All right, Merry Christmas, Christ Church. Uh, we are glad that you are uh, here today. Uh, shout out to our folks up in the upper room. Glad you're worshiping uh, up there. Know you're having a powerful uh, experience as well. Uh, we also want to say a special uh, welcome to uh, those who are guests today. And uh, wherever you are in terms of trying to understand who Jesus is and what he's all about or uh, maybe some different faith background, what, wherever you are in that spectrum, uh, we're just thankful today. Uh, that you're here with us. So uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, welcome to all. And uh, we are uh, finishing really today our series, uh, God with Us. And we've been kind of working along in this series uh, to really today to this uh, profound expression that says God is uh, with us. And we've looked at God. What does it mean to say that to God with us in uh, the valleys, in the wilderness, in the mountaintops, and uh, last week, yesterday, out on the, on the streets, right? And so today, uh, we're going to take the time and center in really on just the phrase itself, understanding the power of just uh, that reality, that truth, that God is with us. And that's really what we celebrate at Christmas, right, is this experience that theologically uh, we call the incarnation, right? That tremendous gift uh, that God chooses uh, to become flesh, to become uh, one of us. Um, the Christmas story really is all about that, that experience uh, of God taking on human form. Uh, and uh, we can go into the Gospels, and they give witness to that. We've been looking at the Gospel of Matthew in particular, and so we're going to do that today. This is Matthew's uh, Christmas story. The Gospel of Luke has its own Christmas story. That's the one that has the shepherds and the angels and all the trumpets in the sky and the stars and all that. Uh, Matthew, in contrast, tells us about this experience of incarnation. He really focuses in on wanting us to understand the power of what it means uh, for God to be with us, to be one of us. And so uh, Matthew's Christmas story, you'll see, focuses in on that. He's the one that has kings who come and ultimately bow down and worship. Uh, and so it's just that powerful moment when the kings come and acknowledge someone greater uh, than themselves. Well, this is Matthew's uh, Christmas story. Okay? Uh, it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is like a really important verse for you to note. Uh, kids are in the room. We're not going to go into the dynamics of all of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but we're just going to say, wow, that's awesome. Right? Uh, and, and it is. Right? But the point, the point is that before... Uh, you know, before the, the intimacy took place, um, God did something, right? And, and so this verse for Matthew in the Christmas story is just a vital uh, verse for us to note and, and understand, right? And we'll see it again, right? Um, of course, that happens. Joseph, the, the guy she's engaged to, uh, he's kind of nervous about this whole thing, doesn't want to disgrace her publicly, decides to break the engagement. Then an angel shows up uh, and says, wait, Joseph, it's okay. Uh, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And notice what he re repeats. For the child with her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. What does he reemphasize? 
this incredible experience that seems absolutely impossible that she would conceive without having that human experience. I mean, it seems in our minds, right, in our reality, like, what? How in the world could that possibly happen, right? He says, well, she's going to have a son. You're going to name him Jesus, and he'll save his people uh, from uh, their sins. And uh, that brings us, for those who have been worshiping with us for these uh, Sundays in the series, that brings us to this verse that we're real familiar with. Uh, And it all starts there with verse uh, 22. And remember, uh, verse 22 is referring to the prophet Isaiah. And the prophet Isaiah speaks the words that are captured in verse 23. He speaks those words 700 years before Jesus is born. So this has been on God's heart and God's mind for a long, long, long time. So 700 years before Isaiah speaks this prophecy. It's captured in verse 23. Let's all read it together like we've been doing it before. You ready? Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Incredible statement. But what does it mean? How do we understand the significance of that statement? God is with us us. Uh, We've got a statement in our culture. It's, uh, what is it, like father, like... Only a few of you know that statement, huh? Try that again. It's like father, like... Yeah, thank you. You're listening. Good. Like father, like son, right? And, And the principle is that if you know the son, you know the father, right? I mean, that's the, the, the principle, right? And, and that's the principle that Matthew is laying out for us in his Christmas story. He's saying, listen, this is what Christmas does. This is what Christmas accomplishes. You now can know the father because you can know the son, right? It is the experience we call the incarnation, right? The gospel of John Uh, tries to capture that. And and Jesus says that. He says, if you have known me, you would have known my father, right, who he is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. How? Through Jesus, right? That principle of like father, like son. I I got a little distracted as I was preparing uh, this message and I got thinking about that father and son thing and I thought I'd give you a test and see how many of you could, could name the sets of fathers and sons I'm going to throw in front of you. So you ready? We'll take a little divergence here. It's Christmas. Uh, ready? Anybody know who that is? Come on. There's got to be some 8 o'clockers in the round. Right? Kirk Douglas and, and his son Michael Douglas. Pretty incredible similar right there, right? Jerry Stiller and Ben Stiller, Night in the Museum. You've all watched that one. Will Smith and Jaden, correct, absolutely. Donald Sutherland and Kiefer, there you go, Donald Sutherland and Kiefer. For you political people, George H.W. and George W. Bush, one of only two father and son presidents that we've had, right? The first ones were John Adams and... John Quincy Adams. See, what is that middle name thing going on with, anyway, to be president, you got to get that going, I guess, right? Uh, for all you musical people, uh, somebody going on, Bob Marley and 
Ziggy, Bob Marley and Ziggly. And for the kids in the room, that's actually Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim. I know you're going to say Kermit the Frog, but actually Kermit the Frog that we know of never became a father. That is his nephew, Robin, right? And of course, you all know that Kermit had over 3,000 brothers and sisters, right? That's dated fact, right? There you go, right? Well, I mean, a fun divergence, but the whole thing is, right, that you, you can get the principle of this father-son thing, right? That, that that's what we celebrate in Christmas is this incarnation experience that, that we now get to know the Father, and, and the Father bridges that gap to be able to enter into not only our world, but into our lives. Uh, the Gospel of John captures that. He says it just blatantly. It's his way of doing a Christmas story. Uh, it's in John, John 1. And he just comes out, and he's talking about God as the Logos, the Word, right? Kind of a Greek principle, but the Logos, the Word. And he says that Logos, that God, became human, became flesh, right? And made his home where? Among us, God with us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, this is the power of Christmas, that God bridges the gap, and he becomes one with us. I want you to think about the power of that reality and that statement. God is with us. God. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, the Alpha, the Omega, the Mighty Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the Lion of Judah, the one who is our defender and our protector, the one who delivered Israel from slavery and brought them into the promised land, the one who goes before his people. He became one with us. God, holy cow, God is with us. Now, you hear that phrase, and, and some of you may say, well, that's, that's great theology and awesome stuff, but man, that's pretty hard to grab and grasp, right? And the reality is there's lots, in our, lots of folks in our world that kind of hear this and say, really, I'm not so sure. How could this be? Well, to understand the, the truth of this statement, you have to understand what happened 700 years when Isaiah first said this was going to happen. It all happens back in Isaiah 7. In Isaiah 7... There is the southern kingdom of Judah, right? Israel had been split in two. There was a northern kingdom, a southern kingdom. There is the southern kingdom of Judah, and the king of the southern kingdom is a guy named Ahaz. What happens is the northern kingdom, Israel and Syria, ally together to go against the southern kingdom. They are an overwhelming force allied together. Ahaz the king sees this overwhelming force now on his footsteps. God sends the prophet Elijah, or the prophet Isaiah, 
to Ahaz. And he says, Ahaz, stop worrying. Tell him he doesn't need to fear the fierce anger of those two burned-out embers. What is God saying? Ahaz, listen, just trust me. Just trust me. I know you got all this up against you. I know it looks like an overwhelming force. But all I need you to do is just trust me, Ahaz. And God even goes beyond that. God goes to Ahaz and he says, Ask the Lord your God for a sign. If, if you're doubting and if you're questioning, if you're wondering, how could that possibly be? How Ahaz could doubt? How could it possibly be that God could defeat such an incredible force? If you're questioning that, God says, listen, just ask. Ask anything you want to ask. Ask the most outrageous thing that you can think of. Ask the thing that you would normally look at and think, this is absolutely impossible to happen. God gives Ahaz the invitation just ask what seems unbelievable. Ahaz. Ahaz is not a good king. He's not shown faithfulness. He's not really been walking with the Lord much at all. And he fails to ask. Isaiah captures God's frustration. Listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well. And then comes the statement we've been looking at. Then comes the prophecy and the promise that we get to hold on to today. All right, then. Kind of like that. Isn't that great? All right, that's the way you're going to be. Moms and dads, how many of you have been, had that phrase roll off your lips before, right? All right, going to be that way. All right, you're going to behave that way. Okay, I'll show you. Right? All right. Yep. Thank you for the amen. All right, then. Yeah, I heard that. (laughs) It was kind of like a yep, but I'll take it as an amen. Uh, Yep. All right. All right, then. Right? I mean, this is what God's saying. All right. I gave you the invitation to ask for the thing that you think is absolutely impossible and you didn't ask. So I am going to go ahead and do what you would normally think and observe to be impossible. All right, I'll give you a sign. Here's the sign. Look, a virgin will conceive a child. Seemingly impossible. How many would doubt the possibility? A virgin is going to conceive a child, and she's going to give birth to a son, and you're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God is where with us. Seemingly impossible that a woman would conceive in that way. Seemingly impossible that the Most High God would humble himself and become one with us. But that's exactly what he does. Because God is God. And he is capable of doing the impossible. 
You see, we celebrate at Christmas, God is with us. And it's the reality, there is nothing that we're going to face in this world, nothing in those valleys, nothing out there in those wilderness places, nothing even up in the joyous mountaintops, or nothing out there in those everyday streets. There is nothing we're going to face that is greater than the God who is where? With us. That's Christmas. That's the amazing, seemingly impossible truth of what God does. The chapter later in Isaiah. Isaiah says, look, call your councils, king, right? Call all your councils of war, but they're going to be what? They're going to be worthless. You can try to do it yourself and develop your own strategies, but guess what? They're not going to succeed. What succeeds? What is valuable? What's the most important thing to know? For God is with us. You see, God is capable of doing what seems absolutely impossible, including becoming one of us. If you're still questioning, if you're still doubting, just look at the power of the statement as that truth is turned loose in history. God comes to a guy named Moses because his people are captive down in, in Egypt And God says, Moses, I know you're just a shepherd guy right now, but I want you to go down to Egypt, and I want you to go up against the most powerful ruler on the face of the earth, Pharaoh. And you are going to defeat him, and you are going to bring God's people out. Did it happen? You bet it did. He goes to Joshua, and he says, Joshua... Promised land is right out in front of you. I know it's the most fortified of cities. I know it looks like an impossible task that these slaves out of Egypt who have just wandered in the wilderness, who have absolutely no military training at all, could conceive of the opportunity or the possibility of taking over this land. But guess what? You will. Why? Because like I was with Moses, I will be with you. And they did it. And what did Jesus say to you, to his followers, those who would take the risk to believe? Before he ascended into heaven, after he rose from the dead, oh my God, seemingly impossible. After he rose from the dead, before he ascends into heaven, he says, teach these my new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and do what? And be sure of this. You can count on this. Be sure of this. I am where? With you. How often? Always. Here's the celebration of Christmas. God has wanted to walk with you from the beginning of time. For sure, he's wanted to walk with you for 700 years. And he made it possible because he came to be with us, not because of anything we did, but out of his sheer grace, out of his sheer love for us. He came to be one with us. And there is nothing in your life he can't defeat. There is no darkness of evil at work in your life that he can't cast out. There is no sin of your past that he can't forgive and forget. There is no shame or guilt that you carry that he can't rip out of your life and take away and cast aside. What seems impossible, 
he is capable of doing. All we have to do is trust him. Trust this powerful statement. God is with us. It's the invitation the psalmist gives. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble for those who know your name and trust you. I want to give you the invitation this Christmas to just trust him in whatever's going on in your life, in whatever uh, desert or wilderness you may be, be in, whatever valley you may be facing, whatever mountaintop you may be enjoying, or whatever the everyday is in your life. We celebrate this Christmas that God does the impossible. And he is with us. And all we have to do is trust him. Because the incarnation is true. Christmas really happened. Even though it seems so incredible. And Christmas is here today. And the opportunity for him to invade your life just like he invaded this world is here for you today. I invite you. Just trust him. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today. Uh, we celebrate Christmas. Uh, the incredible truth that you, God, come to be with us. Lord, we come to you in all of our brokenness, our faults, and our failures. And uh, we know you can do the impossible. Forgiving us, renewing us, healing us, giving us a new life. On this Christmas Day, we ask that you would just invade our lives, invade the valleys and the wilderness, invade those mountaintops, and invade those streets that we live on every day that we can simply trust you, that we can trust the truth of Christmas. God, you're with us. We thank you. We praise you. We count on it. In Jesus' name, amen.